1: Hello and welcome to the Canon Cast, a production of the Fans First Sports Network, a Blue Jackets podcast brought to you by the Canon. Go to jacketscanon.com and join the best Blue Jackets fan community on these here internets. I'm your host, Petey. Uh, I'm recording outside this time because it's a beautiful night. Summer is finally here in Ohio. So, uh, what better setting to talk about an ice sport? So the Blue Jackets coaching search continues on. I thought last week when I recorded that we would have a coach by now, and we do not. So this could go on for another week at least. Um, it was reported that Yarmo had maybe wanted a coach in place before he left for the World Championships, but he has left for the World Championships and still has interviews lined up, so he'll be doing those uh, presumably remotely, although, um, as Mark Scheig of the Hockey Writers pointed out, he could interview coaches over there. There are certainly staff members on the teams who uh, could be in consideration for the job. Um, The hire could be made while Yermo's still over there. So we just, we don't know. Um, And it's weird that it's taking this long, right? I mean, it's been well over a month since Brad Larson was fired. Uh, I'm sure the team knew even before then that he was Going to be gone at the end of the season, so they should have had the ground laid to make a hire. So, uh, you know, are they waiting for someone who's on staff of one of the four teams still in the playoffs? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I what I really bothered me though is why have we not heard more about the search? Uh, we know that they've had several interviews, um, but we only know of three men who have been interviewed. And that seems like a low number this late in the search. So we know they've talked to Pascal Vincent and I've talked about him before and how, you know, that's an uninspiring choice. Uh, They've talked to Peter Laviolette, who is maybe the best realistic option for us as far as I'm concerned. Uh, This is a coach who has bounced around, but he has success at most of his stops. Uh, I think he's the coach that could get this in the right direction Now, one issue is that um, he doesn't come cheap. And there's a reputation the Blue Jackets have for not wanting to spend a lot on a coach, which is a problem, if true. Uh, This is one area where they shouldn't cheap out. It's so important to get this right. It's so important to get this team on the right track. And considering that we're already spending up to the cap, like this... You know it's worth spending the extra money to make sure you've got the right coach who can get this team on track. Um, the third name that has been confirmed is Mike Babcock, and this is this is bad news. Now, Larry Brooks of New York Post seems to think that Babcock and Columbus are a fit. Now I don't know if that's reporting or speculation. I don't know what a Rangers reporter. Would have as far as an inside scoop, unless he spoke to John Davidson. Uh, and I don't want to believe it. And Elliot Friedman thought that it's that's not likely to happen. So I hope that that's the case. Uh, Babcock is what we're calling. You know, he has a long history of success. He won a Stanley Cup in Detroit. He won some gold medals with Team Canada. Uh, pretty good coach, um, but his time in Toronto ended poorly. Um, with allegations about uh, his treatment of his players. Like the famous anecdote that came out is that he had a young Mitch Marner rank his teammates by effort that they put in, which first of all, that's just, that's a weird exercise to put a player through. But then the bad thing is that he read that list out loud to the team, which is just horrible behavior. Um, And he hasn't coached in four years, aside from, one season at the University of Saskatchewan, which is like below NCAA level. So uh yeah, I think we can do better than bad hockey and both really a hockey level and a personal level. Um you know I want you know I'm not saying you know you don't have to be a good person to be a good coach and I'm not saying that you have and there are certainly good people who are bad coaches like we saw with Brad Larson. You know I've said a lot about Larson as a coach. But I don't want anyone to think that I think any less of him as a person. I think he's a good guy. Um, But we shouldn't have to choose between good guy and good coach. I want to find someone who is both. Um, And, you know, another name that uh, has been brought up. Now, there's no word that the Jackets are interested, but Joel Quenville is a successful coach who is unemployed. But he's unemployed for a reason. You know he had to. He got fired from the Florida Panthers job in fall of 2021 uh, due to fallout from the Brad Aldrich Kyle Beach scandal involving the Chicago Blackhawks and that Quenville during his time in Chicago, you know, did not do enough to report or to stop the sexual abuse of one of his players by one of his coaches, and so he is rightfully sort of a, in a de facto suspension by the league. So in order to even interview, he has to be cleared by Gary Bettman. That meeting is going to happen this summer, but it will happen after the playoffs. And I don't think that time frame is going to fit for the Jackets. But I really hope that they wouldn't have considered him anyway, but certainly they're not going to wait till the end of the playoffs to uh, even interview him. So we need to, yeah, not not be so desperate that we're going to hire a guy like Quenville or Babcock. Let's find someone else who is, um, who has more upside. Again, Laviolette, if you have to pay to get him, it's worth it. Um, now there are some, uh, assistants out there who could be ready for the step up. Now I'm, I'd like a guy with more head coaching experience, but, um, I'm willing to listen for some other guys like, um, Spencer Carberry gets brought up a lot. He's an assistant in Toronto. He won a Calder Cup with Hershey of the AHL. Uh, That's a Washington affiliate, so it seems more probable the Capitals would get him for their job. Uh, Another Toronto assistant I'd be interested in is Manny Malhotra. And again, haven't heard anything about him. I'm just speculating here. Um, The fact that he's a former Columbus player is not a reason to hire him, but it would be a cool thing and I think would excite the fan base and earn him some goodwill as he got things going. The other thing I would like about Manny is that he played center and he was a top nine center in Columbus. Whereas, you know, Larson was a fourth line grinding winger and that seemed to be his mindset to hockey. Whereas someone who has a history of playing with skilled players like Rick Nash could give him better insight on the skilled players that we have on our team. And Having a coach who has experience as an NHL center, like who better to get Cole Sillinger back on track? You know, who better to weigh in on whether to draft Leo Carlson or Will Smith and then work with that player and develop him as a center? Um, And again, total speculation on my part, but that would be an assistant I would be interested in hiring. Um, You know, Andrew Burnett, I've talked about, he would be number one with a bullet for me. Um, There's no word they've talked to him yet. Uh, I don't know if that's because New Jersey's waiting to get Lindy Ruff extended Um, because if they can't get the contract done with Ruff, they'd want to promote Burnett and Burnett has, he has character concerns. He had a DUI earlier this year. So maybe that's reason to stay away. I don't know. Um, A name that was brought up by Mark Scheig is Ryan Worsofsky, who is currently coaching uh, as an assistant for team USA at the world championships. He's on David Quinn's staff. Uh, at San Jose and for Team USA. Chris Clark, the GM of the Monsters, is the GM of Team USA, so he has knowledge of this guy. Um, Orsovsky started his coaching career with the South Carolina Stingrays, who are also the ECHL team that gave us Jared Bednar. And then he won two Calder Cups as a head coach for the Carolina Hurricanes affiliates, first Charlotte, then Chicago. So um, guys that have won championships at lower levels. That is something I'm interested in. And, you know, even Pascal Vincent for his success in winning coach of the year, in the Q, in the AHL, he didn't actually win a title at those levels. But a guy like Carberry did. A guy like Worsofsky did. You know, if we had had a chance to hire Jared Bednar, but the timing just didn't work out there. Guys like that. So the fact that, you know, Bednar was able to have success in the NHL despite not having previous NHL head coaching experience, but he had success at multiple lower levels. John Cooper, same way. Tampa's his first NHL head coaching job, but he wanted every level on the way up. So a guy like Warsawski could be someone like that. Um, So those are some names to consider. And I'm surprised that we're not hearing more about that. I want to know more about who they're talking to um, so I can just trust the process, you know? And I worry that, you know, if they go with Vincent, but they spent all this time, are they just trying to make it look like they did their diligence, but then hired the guy that they wanted all along? Because that's sort of what happened last time. You know, they talked about the Lars bar and all that. And we know that they went through all that and made the wrong decision. So if they go through that process again, how do we know that it's the right decision this time? You know, and Aaron Portsline made some good points in his column over the weekend that if, you know, if Vincent is the option, why is it taking so long to hire him? They could have hired him at the end of the season or as Portsline pointed out, they could have hired him midseason. They could have fired Larson once things were out of hand. And given Vincent like a, you know, three month trial as head coach. Um, Now, my conspiracy theory is that had they done that, they'd be worried that Vincent would be enough of an upgrade over Larson, that it would ruin their draft position, but not good enough to actually get them into contention. So keeping Larson on to the end of the season was a tank move. Now, you know, no one will ever admit that. And I don't know that they were thinking that way, but, I do wonder if that was one reason why they didn't give Vincent a shot earlier in the season. Um, But if they weren't willing to give him that shot, why hire him now? I don't know. So we've talked about that a lot. So I don't know. So nothing to talk about on the coaching search this time around this week. Hopefully next week we'll have a coach. I don't know. I just want to get through this process and, I'm prepared to be not excited by the hire, (laughs) but once it's happened, I'll try to find a silver lining, but we'll see. So we will take a quick break, and when I come back, I'm going to talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs that are going on. We are back, and we are in the conference finals. One coaching-related tidbit. Isn't it interesting that three of the four teams are coached by head coaches in their first year with the team? And all of those coaches have previous NHL head coaching experience. We're coaching different teams last season, as a matter of fact. You know, Peter DeBoer was fired by Vegas, at the end of last season. And now was coaching against them. Bruce Cassidy was fired by Boston. And Paul Maurice. Sort of left the Jets. Midseason. That was kind of a weird situation. I was a little surprised that he. Took a new job so quickly. But he did. And now all of them have their teams in the conference. New teams in the conference finals this time around. Um, and I think one thing that speaks to. A lot of people like say. They don't want to see a retread head coach. Which I totally get, but I think there's a difference between like a veteran coach and a retread coach. I want a coach who has experience winning at the NHL level. So Laviolette Vill- La has that. Guys like DeBoer and Cassidy have that, where they achieved a lot of success with their previous team. Whereas Paul Maurice fits more of what I was thinking of as the retread because. If you look at his time in Winnipeg, wasn't that impressive. Not There's like only one deep-ish run with them, but a team that honestly probably underperformed a lot, were carried by their goalie a lot, um, hadn't won many series over the last 20 years. Um, so that's why I, I thought that was a bad hire for Florida, but I guess I have to eat my words there. Or Again, maybe he's just getting bailed out by Sergei Bobrovsky getting hot. Who knows? Um, but that's something to keep an eye on when you're looking at who they are hiring in terms of an NHL coach. Um, if he's just been bad, multiple spots, then, okay, that's just a bad coach. But if he's been successful, multiple spots, then I think that's something to, that should be valued in this case. Um, that it's been a great conference final so far, uh, all four games to this point have gone to overtime. So that's. Super exciting for us as neutral fans. It's uh, excruciating for fans of those teams, especially Carolina and Dallas, who find themselves down two games to nothing. There was a four overtime game in game one of Carolina and Florida, and I actually managed to stay awake for all that one, which I'm very proud of myself for. My predictions haven't necessarily changed, though. I don't think either of these two nothing leads are insurmountable given the talent of teams that we have, especially for Dallas, because, you know, there's the saying that you're not really out of the series until you've lost at home. So they're heading home on Tuesday and I think they can get back on track there. They've got enough talent. They've got the goaltending for it. Carolina, I'd maybe be more worried about because, uh, you know, where's the scoring going to come from? That's been their issue. Um, But Florida is a team that has done a lot better on the road than at home this year. So, uh, maybe that can be the equalizer for Carolina is going away from home to a place that doesn't have a great home ice advantage. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, also interesting to see the former Jackets that are involved. So obviously Florida has a lot. GM Bill Zito, Sergei and Ned Anthony Duclair. Zach Delpy is playing for Florida. That's been excited to see him get some big time playoff action. Scored some big goals here in this run you know, for a guy that's toiled for so long, has been mostly an AHL guy. He's just one of the good guys of pro hockey. Uh, so love to see that for, for Zach Dalpy, uh, Max Domi for Dallas. He's found a good fit there in Dallas. He scored some key goals. Uh, and then Vegas still has, you know, William Carlson, Jonathan Marchessault, uh, former jackets, farmhand Keegan Colasar, uh, and of course, Jonathan quick on the bench. Let's not forget him as a former jacket. So, uh, yeah, this, these playoffs have been everything I expected and more. Um, very curious to see how these uh, series play out. And I think no matter what, we're going to have an exciting Stanley Cup final. So we'll talk about more about the final when we get to that. So thanks for listening this week. And shout out to our paid subscriber of the week, Dan Flashes. He spent his work per diem on a subscription to the Canon. So thank you, Dan, for that. Thanks to all of you for listening, and we will catch you next time. For more content from the canon, check out JacketsCanon.com or follow us on Twitter at CBJCanon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Purley and the Howlin' Moons. Angela's new album, Turn Me Loose, is out now. Go to AngelaPurley.com for more music and show dates.